Welcome to another Homebrew Audio podcast. Record professional music and voiceovers on your computer. We'll show you how. Today's episode, how to set up a home recording studio, part three, microphones and the recording interface. Hello, thanks for listening to the Homebrew Audio Podcast. This is the second episode in the 2021 reboot of the podcast, which I left hanging several years ago. Back then, I just sort of left off after part one of a five-part episode. So in April, in the first of the 2021 reboot episodes, I did part two of that series, which is how to set up a home recording studio. And so today I'm going to continue with part three, which, as I mentioned, is about microphones and recording interfaces. In part one, we talked about the first steps in setting up a computer-based home recording studio. In part two, I give you six tips for dealing with all the different kinds of noise that can make your audio sound amateurish. So if you followed those six tips, you ought to be able to make the typical home recording sound, which is very amateurish, sound much more professional. And most of those tips were things you could do right away without having to buy anything. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about microphones and how to connect them to your computer. As I mentioned earlier, we're talking about computer-based home recording studios, which is pretty much the standard in 2021. And to record onto a computer, you have to somehow change sound into digital audio so that computers can understand it and then deal with it in the right way. Another word for change, of course, is the word convert. So what we want to do is convert audio, usually our voices or an instrument or something that you record with a microphone, into the ones and zeros of computer language. One of the main factors in determining how good audio sounds once it's in a computer is the conversion process. What kinds of converters are being used by the hardware? For example, the poor quality of audio conversion is the main reason that the $5 plastic PC mic going into a sound card is not the best idea for a studio setup. The microphone is very limited in how accurate it can be since the components are small and cheap and tend to be oversensitive to certain sounds like P-pops and rumble and other low-frequency bassy stuff and not sensitive enough to others. Then comes the fact that the converters that come with built-in sound cards on most computers are of really poor quality, pretty much across the board. Then, to top it all off, built-in sound cards pick up a lot of electrical noise from the motherboard. The best first step, then, is to avoid having to plug a microphone into a built-in sound card. The fastest and most inexpensive way to do that is to use a USB microphone. A USB microphone allows you to bypass the built-in sound card entirely, so you don't have to deal with all that noise. And most USB microphones these days have a lot better quality components, including converters. And of course, as the name implies, a USB microphone just plugs straight into a computer's USB port. So that makes things really easy. A microphone plugged right into the computer and you're ready to go. But not all USB mics are good for creating pro audio. The small headset USB mics that cost around $25 or so are still quite small and have a lot of the same accuracy and frequency response limitations as other non-USB PC mics. But for not much more money than those headsets, you can get a larger, much more accurate USB mic 
like the Samson Q2U for $59. I'd say that this upgrade is where you move into the realm of professional quality audio, improving your sound greatly by moving from the tiny USB headset mics to larger USB microphones. And since we're going to start with free recording software, this means you can basically put together your first home recording studio capable of producing professional sounding audio for only 59 bucks. I always recommend not going into a music store and saying you want to put together a home recording studio. The salespeople will almost certainly send you home with thousands of dollars of gear and software that you won't know how to use. It's much better to start with the absolute basics, like the $59 USB mic, and build incrementally from there as you need to. And speaking of incremental upgrades, you can get to the next level after the Samson Q2U by moving to a large diaphragm condenser type of USB mic, such as the Samson C01U for about $80. There are obviously other mics in this category, lots of them. One common and very good one is the Blue Yeti microphone for about $130. And then there's the MXL UR1 USB ribbon mic for about $200. And of course, there are others. I find that even with the larger USB mics, you still get a low-level hiss in the background, usually so low you can only hear it in headphones, but still a bit more than you'd want if you were sending in a voiceover job to a client. But noise reduction programs usually can fix this quite well, and we'll get into that when we talk about software. Time versus money. This brings up another point about audio quality. With the basic knowledge we've been talking about, you can get top-notch audio quality from inexpensive gear, but it may take more time than if you had the expensive gear. Having to run noise reduction on everything is one example. This is fine, though, for most people as they frequently have more time available than cash. For most people, a large USB microphone will give them just about as much audio quality as they'll ever need. Then, as you can afford to and as you need to, you can upgrade your studio in more increments. But only if you need to. You should definitely try to let your need drive your buying decisions so you only end up with what you need. This will save you lots of time and money and frustration. It's all too common for people to end up buying lots of gear they don't know how to use and that they really don't need just because a salesperson told them to. And a lot of times they just get frustrated with all that and end up quitting. Now let's talk about home recording studio setup number two. In part one of the series, I talked about two different kinds of setups or configurations. The first one was a microphone plugged directly into a computer. You can do that with the built-in sound card or with a USB microphone. Setup number two is where we move into the realm of really good audio quality. And that is a microphone plugged into an interface or other third-party device designed to accept a standard three-pin, otherwise known as XLR, microphone cable. This setup will set the stage for getting the best possible audio quality. Even the highest-end computer-based studios use some form of this configuration. But the good news is you can start using this setup really affordably. Let's start by talking about the microphones for setup number two. Without going into a huge dissertation on microphone types, I'm going to mention the two main types of microphones, dynamic microphones and condenser microphones. Now remember, both of these are standard three-pin microphones, not USB ones. So here's what you need to know. For recording, use a condenser microphone. 
Of course, there are exceptions to every rule. In fact, I happen to be using a dynamic microphone right now, an ElectroVoice RE20, which is a fairly high-end dynamic microphone. For the most part, when you're just starting out, especially if you're doing lots of vocal recording or only vocal recording, you're going to want to use a condenser microphone. Condensers, especially large diaphragm condensers, are best for recording the human voice. Let's talk about a few examples. In the post on the Homebrew Audio site for part three of the series, there's a picture of five large diaphragm condenser microphones. There are hundreds out there. These are just five common ones. There's the Audio-Technica AT2020, which you can get for under $100. Then there's the Audio-Technica AT2035, which is a better microphone with a larger diaphragm for about $149. Then there's the Blue Yeti Pro. I talked about the Blue Yeti earlier. The Blue Yeti Pro also has a standard mic connector, the three-pin kind, and that one costs about $229. Then as we move up, we start getting into things like the Neumann TLM-102, which is $700, and the Ultimate Neumann U87 vocal mic, which is $3,600. Somewhere in the middle there is the one that I typically use, which is the Rode NT2A, which costs between three and $400. So you have lots of choices depending on your budget, starting at under $100 and going up from there. Even the cheaper large diaphragm condenser mics, or LDCs, are still going to sound pretty darn good if what you've been using is a USB headset mic or other tiny computer mic. The reason why there's such a range of prices is that, as I said in part one of this series, the more expensive mics can and do produce better quality than the cheaper ones for a variety of reasons, internal components and manufacturing specs being two biggies. Cheap LDCs often are less accurate and may sound harsh and thin in middle to high frequencies. Also, features such as multiple patterns, like cardioid, figure eight, and omni, and I have a link to an article about multiple pattern microphones in the post for this, and things like the bass roll-off and pad switches will make a mic more expensive. The good news is that you can upgrade your studio with better mics in increments of $50 to $100 at a time, usually. Here are some ones that are a bit more expensive, but worth it. Like I said, I often use a Rode NT2A as my main vocal microphone, which runs about $399 and has all three of the switch options that I mentioned above. You can change patterns, and there's a bass roll-off switch and a pad switch, which changes the input gain. The little sibling of the NT2A is the Rode NT1A, which has none of the switches that I talked about earlier and costs significantly less at $229. Another good choice is the Audio-Technica AT2035, which is only about $150. I reviewed that one, and you can hear audio samples in that review, on the Homebrew Audio website. One of these days, I'll probably step up to one of the Neumann LDCs, such as the TLM-102 or TLM-103, at closer to $1,000, but I'm going to have to convince my wife before I do that. Neumann microphones are some of the best available and as I mentioned above, the prices reflect that. Now remember I said that these microphones are standard microphones, not USB microphones. They have a three pin or XLR connector. So they're gonna need to be plugged into an interface of some kind to both amplify the signal and convert that analog sound like I talked about earlier into digital audio. So let's talk about microphone interface units. 
There are all kinds of interface units out there. The one that I'm using right now is a Focusrite Scarlet. There are a couple of different models of that, but the base model, the entry model, if you will, is called the Focusrite Scarlet Solo. That'll cost you just about $100. And of course, you plug your XLR three-pin microphones into that box. And then the interface does two main things. It amplifies the microphone signal using what is called a preamp, short for preamplifier, and they convert sound into digital audio by means of the analog to digital converters built into them, which are of very good quality. They also come with something called phantom power, which is required for condenser microphones. Combine one of these interfaces with a standard large diaphragm condenser mic, and the result is crystal clear, very detailed and accurate audio. You can put together an entry-level setup number two studio for under $200, not including the stands and other accessories. Even the extreme high-end recording setups will use some version of the mic-to-interface-to-computer configuration. For example, a high-end studio using a Neumann U87 microphone, $3,600, and Pro Tools HD interface with 16 inputs, about $5,000, will cost more than $8,000. Most folks will find that even the least expensive setups, under $200, will be good enough for anything they'll ever want to do. But of course, as I mentioned, you can always upgrade in increments of usually $50 to $100 to improve your quality when you need to. So that's it for part three of how to set up a home recording studio. In part four, we'll discuss the software. See you then. That's it for this episode. Tune in next time for another Homebrew Audio podcast. 